Hey everyone, Jordan here. Just wanted to pop in at the start of the episode to let you know how you can listen to Geek Down, because apparently Caitlin and I were having too much fun while we were recording to pass this very important information on to you. So new episodes go live every Tuesday on soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. You can follow us on there and you'll get a notification every time a new episode goes live. As well, we are on iTunes. You can just look us up in the iTunes podcast directory. Just look up Geek Down, click subscribe, and new episodes will be downloaded to your device every Tuesday when they go live. How easy is that? What a time to be alive, I swear. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening and let's start the show this week. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two nerds who like very different things sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And Caitlin, it's such a busy day today. It's been a busy week. I'm amazed that we even have time to do this. There's some sort of football game happening today. Yeah, that's right. Beyonce dropped a new video. I have all these invites to Red Lobster for some reason. I have no idea what to do with. That's so weird. I know. It's so bizarre. We are back here at a new location. Yes. It's a nice location. I like it. It's it's all right. It's done me well. Uh, We are at my apartment in Toronto. It's basically like a Polly Pocket. It's the best thing ever. Listen, you try to live on your own anywhere in downtown Toronto and not end up with a Polly Pocket apartment and get at me if you know a place where I can live for less than $800 a month. Um, I'd be delighted to hear it. You could always move to Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are here because uh, we we didn't quite get kicked out of the library. Um, Um, There was... Well, okay, we didn't get kicked out of the library, but it... That lady made it so that we were very um, anxious. It was heavily suggested. <laughs> that we should not do that, <laughs> that again. That we not come back to the library. Uh, feel free to go back and listen to episode one and try and find that moment where Caitlin and Jordan were having fun. <laughs> and then when Caitlin and Jordan turned into the NPR dork podcast. <laughs> was like, yes, Agent Carter, was. Uh, I found it very enjoyable. Um, yes, uh, the phone lines are blinging up. <laughs> Todd from <laughs> Cleveland is on the phone. Oh, Todd. Hey, I got, did I tell you that um, when I made my request to WOSU Classical 101, they played it for their lunch hour classical music special? It, are you referring to the one tweet you have on on no, your Twitter? No, no, no. It, I, no, I sent them an email. <laughs> you emailed a classical station yeah. t- with a request. Yeah. That's a very bizarre mashup of futurism and <laughs> an old lady dowdyism that... you know what they they suggested people email them okay and were you at work when you did this no <laughs> that would be ridiculous i'm assuming you were on lunch on your own time and not using company resources to email the classical station in hamilton it wasn't the classical classical station in hamilton it was the classical station in ohio i will have you know are you listening to a streaming classical station from ohio at work yes oh my god you're the best <laughs> all right so we were saying before that we had had a uh well today was a busy day but uh it was sort of a busy week not really for nerd news um no, there were a few things but yeah there were a couple but nothing nothing crazy 
<laughs> mercifully no nothing <laughs> nothing super crazy i'm sure that'll uh I'm sure cynical jordan's tirade voice uh you'll get a touch of that today but i'm sure we'll uh we'll be going all out with that before we know it and we'll be longing for a time before we knew it existed i like jordan's tirade voice well, a lot of people do it's funny apparently <laughs> And you just go on Apparently, and on. I do. Okay, listen. So uh, as we've established, we, we Caitlin and I uh, both at one time, me still worked at a major Canadian retailer. And um, I was working there putting, you know, we sell a lot of books. I was putting books away. And we had this kid's book where it was essentially the Justice League. Right. But they all had vehicles. What? Exactly. Why? Like the Green Lantern had a car. Why does the Green Lantern have a car? You have a fucking ring that can make you fly. Like, you don't need this. Also, the ring can make him a car. And it could be a green magic ring car. Superman had, like, a space sailboat or something. He's super, he can breathe in space. <laughs> he can fly in space. Did like, you say a, a space sailboat? It wasn't, it wasn't, like, a ship or a plane or something. It was just, it would, yeah, it was like a space sail. Like, I don't remember what they like were calling the Silver it. Surfer? Something like that. And, like, Aquaman had a boat. Like, <laughs> Aquaman can ride on sharks. Aquaman can do a whole lot of things, <laughs> all of which preclude the necessity for a boat. You don't need one. Um, and I was—I don't actually think I remember this. This is amazing. Uh, no, this was recently. Oh, okay. like I just found this, and one of the uh, one of my coworkers. Um, this is how I discovered that apparently Jordan's tirade voice is very amusing because I was going on a tirade about this and how unacceptable it was, and she was literally doubled over, nearly on the floor laughing. Oh yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Everybody loves a good a good fanboy rampage. Shouts to Graham McMillan and your loving, long lamented uh, website of the same name that I used to love back in the early days. Uh, so cool shit that we saw this week that we came across. Um, so the coolest thing I saw probably was. For people who are new to me through this podcast, um, my background is uh, really weird and hard to pin down, uh, but technically writer, I have done writing in the past. It's something I've done. You were a published author. And one of the things I did was I wrote a book. And it got published. And it got published uh, in the series of record guides called 33 and a Third. They've done over 100 of them. They're basically small books about a single album uh, by one artist, and you kind of go like deep dive on whatever your opinion or take or thesis about this album might be. And I wrote one about an album by a hip-hop producer named Jay Dilla called Donuts. It was his last album, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to go super deep into that. Um, but it's the 10th anniversary of not only uh, the album coming out, but of Dilla's passing. He was ill as he made the album and ultimately passed away 10 years ago. And sort of connected to that. So we know Marvel's been doing these hip-hop variants oh, yeah, for about a year. Um, and Axel Alonso, who's the editor-in-chief of Marvel, tweeted this weekend that they are planning something for Dilla. We don't know what it is yet. All he did was kind of say, we've got something big planned. You know, we've been saving this one. We want to do something really special for him. So yeah, I'm super excited about that. Whatever it is, I haven't been... I've been keeping up on these covers, but I haven't been like trying to track them down or anything. Cause... Right. Um. Did they say, did they give a timeline for when it would come out? No, they didn't. They didn't say if it's going, they didn't say what cover it's going to be. They didn't say who's going to do it. They didn't say anything. I'm hoping it's by uh, Mike Del Mundo, who was drawing uh, Electra for a while in X-Men Legacy and is most notable to my mind for being the guy who I actually have it in my house. It's up over there. He did an illustration of uh, this guy, Jay Dilla, at an MPC sampler drawn in the style of like Schroeder at the piano by Charles Schultz. Um, became like a really famous image. Before he was doing anything at Marvel, 
uh, Del Mundo was kind of known in some circles in you know the DeviantArt world for um, for doing this image. So I really hope it'd be a nice full circle thing for him if he got if he got the gig. But it'll be cool no matter who does it because it's kind of like an underground album. Because even some of these albums, when I see the covers, I have to like check for myself because I don't not even I recognize them right away. So yeah, you can't front. I mean, some people have tried to play the appropriation card with Marvel just trying to like make themselves look cool with these things. But I mean, it's not just like Jay Z covers or. It's some people who or are Kanye really, covers like they've gone really deep on these. It's some people who are really obviously passionate about the music or the album that they're drawing. Yeah. And I mean, the first ones they did were for Run the Jewels, which was yeah. a really kind of underground, quote unquote, hipster uh, rap project at the time that like maybe not a lot of people who were just reading comics and had a passing familiarity with hip hop would have even known about. So, I mean, they've been taking it seriously. So shouts to Marvel. I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Um, I... Of course, as always, would hope for a step further, which one of the comments was, it's great that they're doing this, but they should really also look to be hiring um, artists and who are maybe not all white. I mean, not all of them are. So nope, far. not all of them are. I don't um, have a full like spreadsheet in front of me, but, but I know it's... Uh... Majority. But basically, it comes down to, it's great that they're doing these covers. Um, I just wish it they took it a step further. So that's something I came across that I thought was dope and I enjoyed. Uh, do you have anything that you liked? Um, yeah. Deadpool is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, it's not even out yet. And I love every Deadpool thing I see. Every piece of marketing is fantastic. Run, run some of the highlights down for me. I'm not I'm not keeping. Dead, to be, uh, man, we're going to lose so much of the demo with this. <laughs> was never a crazy huge Deadpool fan because I was kind of off comics when he was like, being reborn as the version that he is now like when i when i first met deadpool he was some throwaway like x-force rob liefeld like background villain he was like weren't nothing. they i thought they were um making kind of deadshot with deadpool were they Wasn't i don't know the, i just I thought rob liefeld big... is a terrible human being <laughs> really bad idea. <laughs> he is a terrible human being um but i th that's what i remember is that uh they were mocking uh deadshot and they came up with deadpool um, uh, Deadshot's name is actually, like, something very similar. It's like, uh, just type in Deadpool making fun of DC character, and it will come up. Oh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. There we go. What's Deathstroke's real name? Um, Slade Wilson. Okay, so Deadpool is basically, um... It's basically Marvel making fun of um, Slade Wilson. So then instead you get Wade. Uh, the names are similar. The outfits are similar. Oh, the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, I find that really interesting because, it, you know, it's usually uh, earlier in sort of the DC Marvel history where they start copying each other. And, you know, there's the fight about uh, Captain Marvel and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, but this, yeah, this was in the 90s. Um, and one of the things with, uh, Deadpool is that there are some really fervent fans. Oh yeah. Of De there's a lot of cosplay, Deadpool cosplay. Um, and people try to out Deadpool the Deadpools and it can get a kind of ridiculous. Um, but that's actually part of his thing. So I like that as well. Um, I'm really interested to see what the movie is like. Um, but from what I've seen, Ryan Reynolds does an amazing job. I see uh, actually some of the 
advanced reviews on sites like Bleeding Cool and I think IGN as well have come in, and they seem pretty satisfied with it. They think it uh, think it does a good job, whether it's just because it's a giant pile of fan service and it's targeting its ideal demographic um, is one thing, and whether or not that can cross over to a wider audience, audience um, I guess maybe remains to be seen, but I'm just kind of amazed that this thing exists. Yeah, especially after what happened with the that first Wolverine movie, yeah. um, which, you know, Ryan Reynolds makes fun of that. He makes fun of his stint as um, Green Lantern <laughs> in it a lot. A lot of the marketing has to do with making fun of Green Lantern. Because this is like his dream project, right? Like Ryan Reynolds has wanted to do this for... Yeah, it's kind of like The Rock wanting to be... Um, oh, what's his face? Oh, Black Adam? Black Adam. Mm. You know, he basically, Captain Marvel and Black Adam were his favorite, and he they offered him Captain Marvel, and he went, actually, <laughs> if you don't mind, uh, could I possibly bla- be Black Adam? So that's, that's you know, when people get to do passion projects like this, um, it usually turns out pretty well. So we'll see how it goes. I'm really excited to, uh, to view it, though. Yeah, hopefully. Um, would not have been, like, a movie I was, like, really excited to see, but as, like you said, they've done such a really kind of amazing job with the uh with the marketing and releasing the trailers and such that uh yeah and they've used sort of everything like they're using valentine's uh where they have ryan reynolds uh pushing boyfriends to basically lie to their girlfriends about this it's a story about a man who overcomes cancer and (laughs) and has to do with his relationship with his girlfriend and you know they'd really like to see it with them that kind of thing that kind of funny thing so hopefully when it's all said and done this will be a project that we look on fondly and not uh not the herald of the the end times uh, yeah of the, <laughs> that, that the bubble is about to burst on on all of these i don't think so i mean I, depending how they play the next couple years what i'm just hoping is that if the bubble is is going to burst it happens after captain marvel that is the movie i'm most <laughs> oh, yeah, excited that, for man that'll be won't that just be the way of course, the first Marvel movie that doesn't, you know, meet expectations will be Black Panther or Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Um, Do we have more comics news? Not comics per se, but uh, your other favorite thing, which is uh, the onslaught of DC animated features. <laughs> no more. What you thought? You thought you could get away? You thought we were done? Yeah, we're not done. Apparently, never done. <laughs> never be done with DC animated properties. I don't know what one came out this week, who cares, but attached to it was a trailer for what I believe they are saying is an original, like not based on a previous existing graphic novel. Uh, This is Justice League versus the Teen Titans, um, where, oh Lord, what's the, some demon monster horned thing. Is it, is it Raven's father? Triton. I, I think know. that's what his name was. I, I actually, I, I, again, I cannot keep track with DC. Some red thing with four eye, with a bunch of eyes and has horns and is red, uh, possesses all of the Justice League into doing his bidding and it is up to the Teen Titans to uh, try and uh, stop the Justice League's rampage and uh, help them reclaim their noble selves. Um, Caitlin McKinnon. Yes. Avid Young Justice fan. Yes. Are you excited about this? Um, I was until I saw the trailer. What about the trailer didn't do it for you? Um, yet again, I am horrified by the triple D cup that Starfire has. 
I don't understand. Well, I hasn't this always been Starfire's no, jam? No, see, this is the thing. And I've said it a million times to anyone who will listen. I'm fine with them making certain superheroines sexy. There are some women I know who are very sexy. Um, but don't don't come away from this thinking Caitlin McKinnon is anti-boob. I am not anti-boob. Caitlin at McKinnon all. loves her some boobs. Yeah, women have boobs. It's great. It's wonderful. Um, cleavage is fantastic. Not everyone likes to show their cleavage. Not everyone has cleavage to show. Um, when you take a character um, and then you sort of remodel that character um, and have it for a younger, both both for uh, girls and boys, but specifically a younger female audience, and you take it and you make her cute, um, you can't then think it's okay to go and hypersexualize her. I'm fine with keeping, you know, um, uh, Black Canary, super sexy. She's always been super sexy. Great. She's always been an adult in everything that they've shown. And yet again, this is Teen Titans, not 20-something doing ecstasy Titans. Like, I just... Where's, where's that book? <laughs> I, well, they really should. And I know in a couple of uh, things recently, actual comics, they've had Starfire be super ultra sexy. And basically, she it's, they've made her a different character but they haven't taken the name away they've kept the same name and Mm -hmm. it just i it's just really frustrating for me because we don't have a lot of uh female superheroines who are not over sexualized especially for kids um and it's really frustrating when they when they they don't it's like they don't have anyone um keeping track of what they're doing with their characters i was just doing a mental inventory to see if i could think of any um dc female characters that wear pants and i couldn't you mean besides catwoman Does that I, yeah, count? Cat, cat, I wasn't going to count catwoman because sure she's wearing pants but it's also like a zip-up leather suit open to her navel half yeah. the time mm-hmm. so i don't know that that counts oh harley i guess classic harley well but classic harley hasn't been around for a while that's true keep on thinking <laughs> i'll wait no we don't have i don't think we have enough time <laughs> we have enough time <laughs> in the show for me to try to uh some of this, I don't want Wonder Woman. Well, Wonder Woman's getting a getting a remake, and I am actually really excited she's for the getting, Wonder. She's getting pants. She's I'm, getting pants in the remake in the redo. I, well, I'm really she? excited for the Wonder Woman movie, and she isn't getting pants, but that's okay. It's fine for uh, superheroines not to have pants if they have super indestructible skin. If they don't, then arrows hurt, and they will go right through the gushy part of their midriff if it is showing. Like seriously. Um, so it's frustrating. I was really looking forward to it because I like Young Justice. I like Teen Titans. I like a lot of the DC stuff that they've done. Um, they can't seem to decide what they want to go with. I think they're trying to find another Batman animated series, but that Mm. is probably not going to happen, um, unless they really work on one thing. Um, and that was sort of, you know, the phenom that is yeah i wonder i wonder what the thinking has been with just sort of the scattershot approach they've been taking with these lately where none of them really kind of look the same they always well i mean character designs are always different um i appreciated kind of like the anthology thing they were doing where they were taking all these like classic batman stories and like they did the dark knight they did under the hood they did year one they did all these different batman stories and did them kind of in the style of the comics but now as they get into more like original stories and more recent adaptations it's like they're kind of like 
they're not tied together at all. There's no overarching, aside from like, you know, the basic mythology we all kind of know about these characters. Anyone going into this, like this is the Damian Wayne version of Robin. Like, is anybody who doesn't already have like a super deep familiarity with the past seven years of Batman continuity going to know? This is actually tied to an earlier movie. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. I wish I could tell you which one, but because I've seen a lot of them in the last couple months, I actually don't know which one it is, but they do introduce him. They introdu- introduce the backstory a little bit. Um, do you recall how Starfire looked on that one? She wasn't in that. Okay. It was just about Damian Wayne and and Bruce Wayne's relationship and basically Bruce Wayne finding out he has a son and having right. to deal with that. Um, but I was going to say... One of the issues is, so Young Justice, there was a big thing a little while ago um, when it would, it came out. It was unbelievably popular. Um, it was actually doing way better than they thought it was going to do. But the problem was, uh, the reason it got canceled after two seasons was because it was doing way better with boys and girls. And the marketers basically said no. They said either it's the right demographic that we want to sell toys or, or at least to gain viewers. Mm-hmm. Or we basically pull it, and they pulled it. This is not the first time, I feel like this is not the first time they've done this. I feel like any time, with a lot of these Cartoon Network, DCU properties, it's like they're going after a younger audience and they don't get it. It's super, it's popular amongst an older audience or the nerd demo, but that's not what they're looking for because they want to sell toys at Christmas time. And Which is fine, and I hate to use this example, but bronies. I mean, I'm pretty sure the people who came out with My Little Pony, Super Friends or whatever that show is called, were like, okay, not exactly what we were going for, but they've kind of made a pretty penny off of it. Um, And especially when it comes to the changing times as far as what kids are watching and how there's more of a mix of boys and girls watching these shows. I mean, they got it with X-Men, like 1992 X-Men, when that came out. They had a huge, diverse demographic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think X-Men made me a feminist. <laughs> I, I actually do. I It was, well, that, the, you know. The this, Mary Sue headline, if you ever heard it. <laughs> the support of my, you know, my awesome grandmother and my sister and my mom. But um, it was also, it was X-Men um, having these female characters who had storylines and wore pants and a lot of pants in the x-men a lot of pants a lot of pants uh and just having really super awesome powerful women i that was really important for my development both as a woman and as a nerd um and why uh dc can't sort of grasp that i i don't know i'm pretty sure it was the same thing with batman the the animated series it was one of the reasons why they introduced harlequin right Mm. um it was to get even more of a diverse audience (gasps) batgirl what about Batgirl? She wears pants. It, true. However, they are leather. Does it count? I'll allow it because it goes all the way up to her neck. Okay. All right. Allowed. You got one, DC. Good for you. One. So anyways, that is the story about why I am not as excited about Justice League versus Teen Titans, which is also a storyline they basically used in Young Justice. I'm not going to say anymore, but they're kind of re- reusing stuff now. Guys, get it together. Just just make her happy, DC. Just, I know. It's, just, just do season three. Other people have focus groups and just make things for three. me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Speaking of one of those things that uh, 
apparently was created for Caitlin McKinnon out of a focus group. Uh, as mentioned last week, Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Who is amazing. Is the uh, most perfect comic book being made right now. Uh, this is not open for debate. Nope. And in what you think would be uh, a good thing, it was uh, was mentioned on the biggest sitcom in the world right now. Mentioned on The Big Bang Theory. Uh. And I want to... Uh, so basically, it's it showed up in a scene where uh, uh, the Indian fellow... Raj, I think his name is. I'm, I'm thinking like I didn't know his name was Raj. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know the other guy's name. Um, I actually don't think I know either. Um, the fourth one, not Sheldon or Leonard, um, are in a comic shop and Raj starts striking up a conversation with a woman he sees reading Saga. And he says, oh, you're reading Saga. And she says, yes, it's. I've heard it's very good. And Raj says, it is. Okay, we're good so far. Happy with all that. Yeah, because it is very good. Uh, he then says something to the effect of, uh, plus it's not every day you see a comic with, quote, a woman with wings breastfeeding a baby on the cover. Because that's all Saga is. Apparently. It's just... You're just gonna... It's narrow it down to the comic with a boob on the cover. Yeah. Which is really disappointing. Though, as someone once put it, and I like this description of the Big Bang Theory, and why maybe nerds wouldn't like it so much, it's like they've put us in a fishbowl to be laughed at. Um, and they've sort of... I'm. I know parts of it can be funny, um, but more often than not, they sort of they get things wrong. They uh, misrepresent what we are about. I mean, the Big Bang. The, the Big Bang Theory is a uh, five-part series of shows on its own. I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole, but I do. Yeah, I do think a friend of mine on Facebook recently put something about you know where where did all this vitriol for the Big Bang Theory come from? All of a sudden, it seemed like when it first started the nerd demo was like super happy to see us quote unquote represented to like the broadest audience possible. And now there's been like this tide change where we all hate it. I do feel like there was a thing where it did shift from laughing with us to add us. Yeah. Sort of thing. I mean, there's always been a little bit of that and sometimes it's nice to not take yourself too seriously. Mm. Um, I get that. Um, But I think you also brought it up. Um, They make a lot of jokes about all we seem to do is read comic books, play video games, and masturbate. Um, That is sort of what they've sort of represented to the world. Hey, not to say we don't do those things. No, no. I mean, we're human. But basically, there's much more to it than that. We're very, all very different. And as this show represents, there are some things we like and some things we don't. Well, that's a good segue if I've ever heard one. Uh, We will take a short break and get back to the main portion of our show. We'll get into format right after this and uh, Big Bang Theory. Keep Saga's fucking name out of your mouth. Thank you for coming back, and welcome to the part of the show where we actually discuss what we're supposed to be discussing. That's the reason you're all here. Well, besides, you know, hanging out with us. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't that be? Why? How much more do we have to give to you people? Apparently a lot. I'm hoping we have more episodes planned. <laughs> I, I did a lot of work on this. 
yes, it's time for format where each of us talk about the thing we brought the other to see if we liked it and if we can find any common ground in our different schools of nerdery. Also, before we get to that at all, um, that last little part with the music and whatnot, um, that is where, as I said last time, uh, sponsorship would go. Your ad here. If we had sponsors, which we still don't after two weeks. I don't understand it. Seriously, we have like tens of listens. (laughs) Tens. Think of all you can do with your ad dollar with tens of listens. Yes. So, Jordan, why don't you give them some information that I don't seem to have on me at this very second. (laughs) If you would like to... uh, learn more about uh the tens of ears your advertising dollars can reach every week uh you can email me at geekdownpod at gmail.com and uh we have very reasonable rates i assume we haven't had this discussion no we haven't you can basically give us like a fiver you can buy us a coffee and (laughs) yeah we'd we'd be really (laughs) excited actually (laughs) If, if you keep caitlin in tea there's really little that she uh she would not help you sell basically yeah and I'm a great salesperson. Before we get into format, we do need to establish there are rules to this. We, Caitlin right. and I, have broken down some rules for how we go about this. Uh, first and foremost being the rule of three, no matter what it is, whether it's a show, a comic book series. Um, we haven't established how it will work for books, but when that happens, we'll sort it out then. Basically means that to give it a fair assessment, uh, no matter how much you might hate it, you have to at least give it three, whether yes. that's episodes, issues, issues, what have you. Yeah. Um, rule number two, don't tip the hand. Caitlin and I will not talk about what we thought of the thing we were asked to uh, evaluate until which, we are sitting in front of these microphones. Which, again, is so unbelievably difficult. Super hard. As I was as I was reading, I was going, oh, I need to talk to him about this, but many, I can't. Oh, many things, many things to say this week <laughs> that we just shoveled back down yeah. <laughs> into our souls. So no tipping the hand, no, no tipping mentioning the hand, it on Facebook. And a real uh, sort of lax attitude towards spoilers. We will not go out of our way to ruin everything that we have encountered, uh, and we will also not uh, go out of our way to avoid them. If it comes up in the conversation... Uh, so be it. So if you are one of these people who just has a zero tolerance position on spoilers, then this is probably the time where you are going to want to uh, go and do something else. Thanks for hanging. Super Bowl Sunday. Enjoy the game. Uh, Have a good time. If you're going to Red Lobster, I'll see you there later. (laughs) Um, All right. So now we're actually moving on to what we're supposed to be talking about. And Jordan, um, I believe you're going to go first with what you gave me. So after there's only I felt like there was only one thing I could really bring Caitlin because I didn't want to bring her an anime every week. And after watching her stumble over herself uh, rather endearingly trying to summon the name of the uh, lame redheaded kid <laughs> from Riverdale who hung out with Betty and Veronica. She knew every other character. I even know Jughead. After it coming up in conversation last week, I felt it was only right. That we have a conversation about the Archie relaunch, which launched in July of this year. San Diego, at the San Diego Comic-Con this year is when they launched it. So this is a thing that they did after a number of really bizarre sort of editorial choices. Um, So they did like Archie versus the Predator. Yeah. Didn't they do something where Archie died? Archie died uh, saving his friend out gay senator kevin keller um this is in like the life with archie series which is where they took a lot of these risks this is the book where like um he married veronica then betty 
they kind of played out that what if scenario. Oh, and then, I was like, bigamy? That doesn't sound like Archie. No, it was like, it was like he married Veronica and then was like wandering in a wood and very, you know, frosty and path diverged and he took another one and he saw what his life would be like had he married Betty. Um, and then it just kind of reset itself to normal, like teenage years. And yeah, also the book where he saved his friend Kevin Keller from an assassination attempt and died in the process. And uh, also, they also started the Afterlife with Archie book which was uh like casper the friendly ghost no like the walking dead oh like archie and zombies whoa which is apparently still ongoing um but sort of like the culmination of all these really bizarre so who thought archie comics would be the most (laughs) risk-taking publisher in comics um get your game together dc and marvel right take a lesson um they basically said you know what we have these characters they've been enjoyed by kids and of all ages for you know decades but maybe we should, you know, kind of update them a little bit. So they hired uh, Mark Wade and Fiona Staples. Um, it's Fiona Staples, the illustrator on Saga. Mark Wade, kind of a oh, sorry, who is a Canadian illustrator? I might add. She is. She's from Calgary. She's Canadian, possibly from Calgary. Possibly from Calgary. Uh, most importantly, she's Canadian. Yeah, and with Mark Wade writing it, uh, can I just take a moment, by the way, to use this opportunity to? Um, sing the praises of Mark Wade and how much I love him. So far, from what I've read, he's pretty good. Mark Wade is like the fixer. He has not been like getting the credit I feel like he deserves. Like when I was out on comics, because when you're a collector, you inevitably fall out of love with the things that bring you happiness. So when I first got out of comic books and I was out for about like 10, 15 years in my like in my teenage years and early twenties, a friend of mine got back into them before I did. Right. And he like dragged me to the comic store and I was like, Ooh, let's see what I missed. Everybody likes that Kingdom Come book, you know, whatever. (laughs) Just Kingdom Come, that's all. all No, I bought two trades that day. I bought uh, Watchmen, because I hadn't read it. And I bought Kingdom Come. And Mark Wade wrote Kingdom Come. Like, people forget that. Mark Wade, like, fixed Daredevil after, like, years of, albeit albeit very good, sort of noirish crime. He made Daredevil fun. His Daredevil was freaking amazing. And then he had what I hear kind of maybe petered out, but, like, a really interesting take on the Hulk that he did like at the same time. Like he's just been like enjoying a golden age right now. Like the guy, there's very little the guy can't make better. So when Archie needed a writer, they grabbed Mark Wade. So my interest was totally piqued. So basically what we have with this is it is in a more contemporary setting. It kind of reintroduces the characters. They are all in high school, obviously. Betty, Archie, and Jughead have all grown up together. Betty and Archie were sort of a couple. Um, one of those couples that like starts when you're like in fifth grade and goes all the way into high school something has happened before the start of the book uh which they're referring to as hashtag lipstick incident nobody knows what it is and they have fallen out sort of broken up and they're trying to negotiate this absence in their lives as rich girl veronica lodge freshly arrives to riverdale and starts to have some chemistry with archie as well and how everybody sort of reacts to that uh so this is a new book i think they're only on like the first trade hasn't even come out they might be on issue six but that is where we are at with archie i greatly enjoyed it i thought it was a fun fresh take on these characters caitlin mckinnon what did you think of the archie relaunch um if i maybe needed to really fall asleep one night damn (laughs) i would probably crack open archie Uh, that bad huh well it, it's weird because it, it wasn't that bad. The writing was really good. Um, 
unfortunately find teen drama really boring. Um, I don't like Pretty Little Liars. I think if someone who did like Pretty Little Liars or something, again, we mentioned the CW a lot. It's that type of mm. fiction. Um, it would probably be really enjoyable. I actually, I thought the writing was quite good. I thought the sort of lipstick incident thing was fun because it did kind of pique my interest. And I was like, oh, I wonder what had happened. But... There was nothing that really drew me to it um, besides you asking me to read it. Um, And it was sort of the same. I know they've sort of updated it. Um, Fiona Staples' work on it was phenomenal. Yeah, she's... Um, Like, it's so well drawn. You worry that when she took on, like, two books. Yeah. When she started doing Saga and that, that maybe one of them would suffer. And it's not. That's not the case here at all no um so i mean it was enjoyable but without anything more than just teen drama i was in high school i had enough teen drama i don't need to read about more of it and i wasn't i didn't ever get into archie before that so i think if someone really liked teen drama or really liked um archie beforehand they'd really enjoy this i just thought it was kind of lame he's still a lame redheaded headed kid from riverdale so you never had any real like connection with the characters like no i mean i know like watching you try to summon the name of the character (laughs) last week i was like they had the little they had the little the little comics and they were super lame i was like yeah my mom bought them for me every week (laughs) at the grocery store at the checkout like it's just like yeah that was um, a part of growing up for me and i think a lot of people so i was surprised that like it never really like crossed your path at all no no and and again i really do need to stress this it is really well written um and i liked the updated look um and it seems like it could get really fun um i'm just not interested in how it continues so you might actually be ahead of me i only i'm only up to issue five how far did you um i only got through issue three. Oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the bare minimum also i am not made of money <laughs> So, and I, they did not have these at the library. Um, so obviously someone is enjoying them, um, but it is not me, unfortunately. Um, and, but shout out to the writing and the artistry. It was really amazing. Um, the updated look and storyline is great. But again, there's also this idea of it's the same old thing. It's Archie torn between Betty and Veronica. And how many times can you do that? Apparently quite a few. Uh, it's the it's the same old relaunch of the Justice League. How many times can you retell the story of the coming together of the Justice Justice League? It does get boring after a while. You can change up the characters, you can change up the voice actors, you can change up, you know, who meets whom and what kind of romances there are, but it's still basically the same story. See, I mean, I respect the rule of three. It was my rule. I brought it, <laughs> I brought it in, and and I definitely thank the lord for it uh this week which we'll get to in a moment (laughs) wow (laughs) but uh yeah ah, i wish you had gone i wish you had gone to five because four explains what the lipstick incident was oh well that's the one thing i might okay so you know what maybe we'll just we'll we'll discuss this next week maybe depending on what you give me this week to look at i might have some time um maybe someone will give me some money this week for 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 no reason at all just be like hey caitlin i hear you could use this five bucks um and i will pick up uh or download the next two issues issue issue four uh gives the reveals what the lipstick incident was Issue five kind of, I thought, went in a really interesting sort of like mature direction. <gasps> Did it go dark gritty? 
<laughs> no, oh. no, it did not go. It did not go dark gritty. Um, um, one of the things I did like about the very first issue was in the back they had the actual very first issue of Archie. When yeah, he shows up. they reprint uh, select stories from. Yeah, which is funny because they definitely used some of that for the first revamp. Oh, did they? Issue. It's been a while since I read it. So. Yeah, they basically talk about how the, in the first issue, um, you know, he's hanging out with, trying to get Betty, uh, Betty's attention. And there is sort of this hint of Veronica coming mm. into this story. Um, and, you know, Jughead is there and everything. And it sort of sets up um, Archie's romantic debacles kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, that was really interesting to see. Um but other than that, uh, eh, yeah. Um. See, I want. I also wonder because the success of this has now spawned others. Uh, they have a Jughead solo book. Yeah, and don't they have a Betty and Veronica like they did in the other small? Yes, issues? which I did not know until I was uh, I was getting a, my notes together for this episode. Uh, yeah, uh, Jughead is done by going to butcher the name Chip Zdarsky, Mister Sex Criminals, Mister Howard the Duck, yep. and drawn by Lord forgive me, I'm forgetting her name, but she's drawing Squirrel Girl. Oh, uh, right yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's drawing that. And uh, Adam Hughes is doing Betty and Veronica, apparently, oh, which really? could go <laughs> either way. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how that works out. But yeah, that comes out this summer. So I wonder if like, if the Jughead book was just like more straight, stupid comedy, if right. that would be more to your liking than sort of the teen melodrama well, of the main book. I don't know. but um, I, for one, love teen melodrama. <laughs> apparently. Uh, the one thing I did want to ask, though, mm-hmm. was, so at the very end, um, Archie, of course, is narrating through the whole comic, sort of, this is my life, and this is what's going on, and this is my dad, and yes. all of that. Um, at the end, he says, lipstick incident, hashtag, what do you think happened? did they actually take suggestions? Did they like, what did they do exactly with that? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know what they did. Maybe Um, they're just trying to create buzz, in which case that's a really great way to do it. The lipstick incident was a, what it actually turned out to be, I think was a more sort of like, you think it's going to be like, oh, he was, you know, cheating on her or something like that. Or she found lipstick on his shirt or something like that. But it was Um, much more. It was more had to do with like their understanding of each other and how people change as they get older okay. and things of that sort. And when I talk about sort of like the mature direction, mature sort of character notes it had in issue five, it was more in line with that. These sort of like, as you're changing as a person, the things you want when you were younger are not the things you want as you get older. And the people who understand you as you're younger are not the people who understand you as you get older. Right. So you have this trio of like... Betty, Archie, and Jughead, who grew up together and always super close, and now this new element comes in and maybe understands Archie a little bit better, a little bit better and is just showing him something new that he hadn't really seen before. That's interesting. Um, um, also, is this that just the way you put that um, I, I just watched Inside Out? I don't know if you've seen it. I did. I I actually watched it. Like it's on Netflix now. We do love that. We do love yeah, that. Nef- yeah. Love that Netflix. Love Great it. service. If you're not on it, it's a new thing. You may have heard. You may not have heard about it yet. We're getting you up on it early. With that Netflix. That Netflix though. Yeah. Um. So um, yeah, we just watched it this past week, and, that, and yeah, that's totally what Inside Out is. Basically, about which with. was really interesting was you know the things that are really important to you when you are a kid or even a teenager change as you turn into an adult um your friends change your relationship all your relationships change the dynamic of those relationships change um so maybe it would be interesting i might take a look at up to issue five um we'll see how much time i've got depending on what you give me for this week uh but i'll let you know next week all right so that's a 
It's a no with an asterisk. Yes. And also, I did. I gave it five out of ten kick punches. Oh, right. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot about our rating system. How could you forget about our awesome rating system? <laughs> our dope ass. Dope our community-influenced <laughs> rating, system. Ra- rating system. Yes. It's five out of ten kick punches. Yeah. Because it's a pass. It, because it, it was a pass, and I could see someone who liked like Pretty Little Liars loving mm. the new Archie stuff. Um, but for myself, who really likes... Uh, sci-fi and fantasy and historical fiction and more harder type of well different things i don't really like general fiction i find it most of the time really boring Mm. um it just wasn't for me fair enough yeah swing and a miss but i can i can live with that and now now we will go on to the item that caitlin brought me to uh check out this week it was a television series A Uh, British television series. A British television series. Probably one of my favorite things in the history of anything. It was a British television series. (laughs) And it was... Come with us now on a journey through time and space. To the world of the mighty hills. The Mighty Boosh. The Mighty Boosh. Caitlin, tell the people what The Mighty Boosh is. Um, The Mighty Boosh is a surrealist comedy series. Um, so I'm not exactly sure when the television series came out. Uh, it was... Okay, so it was 2004 to 2007. Um, so quite a while ago. Um, but before that, they had a radio drama and before in the way of the British. Mm-hmm. And before that, they had a stage show. Um, it's basically these two comedians, um, uh, Julian Barrett and Noel Fielding. And some people may have heard the name Noel Fielding before. He's sort of been in a couple different British series. Apparently. And he was just like on Fallon, like this week. He was on The Tonight Show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even I know that. I told a friend of mine that this was what I was watching. She may have, she must have looked it up. And she's like, oh, Noel Fielding. He was just on The Tonight Show. Yeah. And he's... and. Noel Fielding, again, he's been in things like the IT crowd. Um, He's sort of popped up in different stuff. Um, He does his own stand-up comedy. Um, And basically... And and speaking of IT crowd, uh, I'm going to butcher the name again. Richard Ioada. Ioada? Richard Ioada. Ioada? Sorry. Not the white guy. Not the white guy on the IT crowd. Uh, He's tangentially connected to this he was not on not on any of the episodes i watched no he was in uh they did three series he was in the second and the third series Mm -hmm. um the way british television works sometimes they have contracts with different parts of the network and he had a contract so he couldn't be in the first series but he had sort of was connected with the gentleman and the mighty boosh um the first series unfortunately is not my favorite the second and the third ones are um but i need needed you to start somewhere (laughs) um and they basically take it takes place in their for the first series they're zookeepers and it takes place at this very surrealist interdimensional zoo world i guess you'd say and it's kind of a mix of all these different i'd almost call them like segues <laughs> like it basically it's a whole bunch of weird little shorts but there's an overarching plot would that kind of make sense if i said it that way yeah i guess yeah um and it's like i mentioned super surrealist um they like just injecting it with weird music and jokes and puns and fashion 
And Jordan, by the look on your face, I could tell what you thought, but what did you think for the audience? Webster's Dictionary defines torture <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, not really my bag. <laughs> what? I don't understand. I think this is probably best summed up when uh, I was telling a coworker. He was like, coworker who's now a fan of the show. Apparently, was asking me like, "Oh, what do you have to? What are you checking out this week?" And I said, "The Mighty Boosh." And I broke down the basic premise, basically like you did, and then tried to summon an example of the show of something I didn't like. Yeah, and I couldn't remember <laughs> a single fucking thing. <laughs> It's, it's, it's just like fucking you know, in and out. You it could, was gone. You could say it's acid trip light. Like it's it in the way that when Monty Python first aired, yes, um, people did not like it. It was too different, and it was bizarre, and nobody liked it. <laughs> um, this had definitely like a cult following, mm. um, and it it got I think popular even more popular after the series ended or maybe by the second series or third series like it had you know sort of picked up viewers um but it's still definitely something like even now some people really don't like monty python they hate it in fact um but it's definitely influential um and it was but it's sort of that weird bizarre mix of things that either you get or you don't get and i think it also speaks to sort of this cultural element here where just British has never really been your bag clicked with me uh I'm a Python fan to an extent I can't quote lines from your deep cut flying circus uh sketches but I mean I I, I know the hits right um they put this nose on me <laughs> sorry uh but yeah, just whenever I find whenever British comedy starts getting into that two guys talking really fast oh you just like that didn't it <laughs> Sorry. It does not sound. It's like two bobbies, it like does. on the beach, talking about like. So, you know, you're not gonna fight me. You haven't got any moves. I do have some moves, don't I? <laughs> Which just, is what I love. That does not really. Now, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just completely dismiss it and say that like I didn't laugh at all. But the laughs were not like guffaws. It may got up. <laughs> it may have got one of those. I can probably count on one hand the amount of times it happened. Um. But you know what? I will say I'm curious to hear you say that it's series one was not your favorite series. It it wasn't. Now, it, it, series two and series three, uh, even I would say upped the weird. Um, but I think they sort of got more comfortable with television. That's interesting that you say that because one thing that did occur to me was that it seems like these are stage radio things that they're trying to make work in television right and, and that seemed that felt clunky to me at times like yeah. where they would come out and introduce it set it up basically all the episodes will start with noel and julian coming out in front of a curtain discussing what the as, theme as their characters so as is it as their characters they're not yeah i think don't they introduce themselves i'm pretty sure they introduce they introduce right they do introduce um, themselves as, as the it is oh oh as my god howard and howard moon and vince noir yes they introduce themselves as that not julian and noel um and yeah no absolutely um season one i feel a lot like they were trying to get comfortable on television mm. um it had been something that they made as a radio play and they sort of had a you have a lot to work with when you add in that visual element yeah um and again even stage 
yes, you it is visual, but there isn't as much, right? There aren't huge yeah. stage props and costuming, and there's a little bit of that, but not not tons. Um, and they tried to give the show not an overarching plot because the episodes kind of do that but they but in series two and three they really ramble more and i think that works with the Mm. way the show is which is all these little weird clips um like in series two um all of a sudden they'll pan up to the moon which is just noel fielding and like white moon face makeup like they have from the early turn of the century like people flying to the moon and you'll see the moon yeah and he'll just go i'm the moon and it just sort of it works with that show but when they probably have to see it yeah you yeah you definitely have to see it but um in the first series they they're definitely getting comfortable they try and give this whole this zoo theme thing a shot and i don't think it always works i think it actually stifles yeah maybe just break down for the people uh what i watch so yeah it takes place in a very shoddy sort of zoo they call it the zoo universe is that what they call yeah, it yeah i think that's it yeah and it's not it's it's weird it's not um, a real zoo not a real zoo they they live at the zoo they have, <laughs> yeah. they have like a tra- they're zookeepers i don't know what sort of training they have to fulfill this job um i don't think the zoo universe required much by way of qualifications for them um, like the first episode is basically um, their boss has Howard Moon fight a kangaroo. A kangaroo, yes. Uh, and the second episode involves this guy who's making animal mutants. Uh, that was the episode I could not summon any details for. <laughs> I was running down to friends. First episode was about fighting a kangaroo. The third episode was about uh, Howard dies uh, ultimately while impersonating a gorilla. And the second episode is <laughs> um... something. Yeah, I just couldn't. Couldn't summon anything. Um, they're connected, but not. There's this subplot with Howard having a crush on another zookeeper, yep. and I don't know if that is ever going to go anywhere. If it was just there as like a, I think they were trying plot detail. I think they were trying to use um, very overdone sort of plot type things mm, to yeah to sort of um, make the series go forward. You know, give it some some steam um to to push it along but i don't think it works like that i think it works when they're doing something for a really weird reason sort of like old simpsons mm. how something would start off this big story in the simpsons it but it wasn't actually never had anything to do no. with each other it was just like the plot catalyst yeah exactly um and i think that works a lot better in series two and series three yeah i wonder if i would have liked it more had it just been straight like sketches instead um, of trying to do like a because the two of them nattering at each other at the start those were my favorite bits when it was just the two of them and that is talking probably, i guess i'm not averse to uh witty british repartee either because and that's that's a lot of what the stage shows are like it's just basically those two shooting the shit and mm. sort of like being funny with each other um and then there's the weird skits that i love but it's not for everyone i just i didn't know you had sort of said that you kind of like the absurd thing but i guess because it you know people some people just don't like british humor it's just not their thing. And it's also, I'm sure they did the best with the thing. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was deliberate. The sort of shoddy uh, production design. Oh, that like, was deliberate. Everything looks terrible. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely deliberate. They're all wearing like ill-fitting clothes. Neither of them look like they've washed their hair in seven years. <laughs> yeah, um, that's deliberate. That's all deliberate. And you know, the zookeeper, uh, the head zookeeper never has the bottom button, the second <laughs> no, bottom button doesn't. on his shirt buttoned up. Oh. Um, so it just it, it just made me feel bad <laughs> to watch. 
<laughs> it's like this isn't. I don't want to spend any time here. This place is icky. It all looks like it all tastes like onions. Like, well, there that actually has uh, some of their inspiration is from the show called The Young Ones. Oh, know. yep, I'm familiar. Okay, all right. So those who don't know, back when all the hoity-toity British stuff was happening, and there was all people from Cambridge and Oxford, The Young Ones was a show about these four misfits living basically in just this one apartment, which was always a disaster, and it was this ridiculous show that sort of. Didn't really make much sense, and... And also presented punk to a wider... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...mainstream British audience. Yeah, and super punky, um, basically, they were down-and-out punk kids. Um, and that was a big influence for The Mighty Boosh, um, in that it was very, very different w- than what was being shown at the time. Um, and it was sort of, you know, these people are, you know, down-and-out, and... And and smell like onions, taste like onions. <laughs> well, I don't know how you put that. It looks like it tastes. I just left the taste of onions in my mouth. Yeah. Every time I watched it, basically. Um, also need to call out, and then I will say some things I liked. Um, I'm really, I have a really unforgiving standard for musical comedy. Right. Like, you didn't like their songs. I did not like their songs. Oh, that's too bad. At all. I uh, still sing the soup song, but anyways, the first. Yeah, the first one where he like where Vince like gets peyote dust blown in his face and like has a vision quest, uh, and they're playing that like drum loop and singing like a really terrible rap about grabbing a kangaroo by the balls. Like sounds that should all work. Those are all the ingredients. I like peyote, I like kangaroo <laughs> balls, I like vision quests, like those are all things I like. I like hip hop, but you put them all together in this form and I was just like stone faced. It just wasn't clicking. And that's and like that really long song about the mutants in the second episode yeah. that just didn't seem to end. Yep. Like, ugh. see, I'm like laughing. This is like great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all great. It was like talk about it some more. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I understand. I, there's been lots of people I've shown it to. Um, there's a one skit in particular. I uh, show Old Greg, which is I think from series two. Mm-hmm. Um, that people will. Some I feel like I saw mention of that. That's like one of their most famous. Yeah, things, and some people it? will. Will watch it and go, this is amazing. What is this? And some people will watch it and go, what the hell did you just show me? You know what? That's going to be my issue four. Is that is that your issue four? Are you going to go into Siri? Or just even if you look up some of the skits mm. um, and then work from there, that we, might be a good way to we, do it. We will update this. Caitlin will read uh, like one more issue of Archie uh, yep. and I will look up some... Whatever has some of the highest view counts on YouTube for Mighty Boosh sketches, yep. I, I will check that out because I didn't hate all of it i don't know that i could commit to like a full season of this but i mean i did i think the two of them together when they're yipping back and forth that made me laugh where they're talking about whether or not howard can fight and it's like you have no moves i do have some moves did you did you order them yeah they came in the post right now like just that sort of like shit talking no that the made post me laugh. that hurts the most the post that hurts the most <laughs> <laughs> let me take you out for miss with mr and mrs pain mrs pain the post that hurts the most and now we're uh... just saying shit that made us laugh but no it, that i enjoyed um there's a bit where they make a deal with a cobra for like information because they can talk to animals apparently, <laughs> and the cobra just wants to dance. So <laughs> that's what he wants in exchange for giving the information. But instead of like a snake charmer, Vince like throws a rave <laughs> for the cobra. <laughs> and he's like on the turntables calling out to like the reptile massive, and I'm like, all right, that's that's kind of funny. See, it's got it definitely has some good bar- it parts. It had its moments, but yeah, in in like a thirty solid thirty minute block, I was just like. And that's the, I'm not gonna make it through. This. That's the other thing. And it, it, they are they are longer than I remembered. <laughs> um, 
Um, I forgot that they were a whole 30 minutes because I'm so used to seeing it in bits and clips and mm. shorts and stuff. Um, yeah, I could see how it would be better in, in sort of bits and pieces as opposed to one whole thing, if that's not really your, the thing that you like. Well, I will check out Old Greg if that's the one. Um, yes. Yeah. Check out Old Greg. Um, the Crack Fox is great. Um, the Tundra song is fantastic. Soup is one of my favorites. I sing it sometimes just to myself. Uh, so there, yeah, there are definitely some highlights from their work. All right. Well, I won't, I won't outright dismiss it. Uh, kick punches. I will also give it a five. Really? Uh, I mean, it functioned as a comedy. Like it was <laughs> comedy should make you laugh. It did. I'm, it made you. Not it e- made me. <clears throat> was That's not even a chuckle. That's a snort. But it's not a complete lack of laughter. I suppose. Okay, so it didn't fail as a comedy. Did not fail as a comedy, no. And there were, I could see the, like, comedic seeds there. I just wish they had yielded different flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's very, it's very poetic. Um, so that is a more lukewarm uh, reaction this week. I know some people were yeah. concerned that we were just going to... I'm going to like everything. They're going to like everything they give each other. Oh, not no. the case, no, friends. No, no, Not the no. case. This is not, we're, not, we're not fucking yes men. We're not just here to like kiss each other's ass. No, I, I will just tell Jordan when I hate something. And I'm really actually looking forward to that day because as much as people like uh, my cynical tirade voice when Caitlin hates something and wants to argue with me about it, it's... Uh, it's Stay tuned for that, friends. It's going to be a good episode. Um, I will give you a a preview of that. It goes something a little like, flames, flames at the side of my face. A little uh, Madeline Kahn for you there. Hated her so, so much. much. Wow. We just, that's just like, we just leveled up on the, on the nerd podcast. <laughs> if you know what that's from, you should totally hashtag it or something or Twitter it. I don't know. What when, do they do? Whatever the kids do. Speaking of that, if you yeah. want to do any of those things, uh, if you want to email us uh, with suggestions for us to check out, if you want to argue and tell me I'm an idiot and that the Mighty Boosh is the greatest thing you've ever seen, uh, if you want to tell Caitlin that she's a fool and should read all, read all the Archie she can possibly get, you can do that at geekdownpod at gmail.com. I almost said the website, which is geekdownpod.tumblr.com. Uh, as well, we have a Twitter uh, at geekdownpod. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been uh, following us and yeah, and listening, re- reposting stuff. Uh, we don't know who you are, but we're happy to have you. Actually, we're really excited. We don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, that's actually it's actually better for us. Yeah. Um, as well, if you would like to uh, argue with me personally and tell me I'm stupid, you can do that at Jordan underscore Ferguson on Twitter. If you want to tell Caitlin she's dumb, she's a genius. She's played it totally smart because you can't. She doesn't. She doesn't exist. <laughs> and now you know the reason why. <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't. She doesn't want to hear your shit, Internet. <laughs> no, no. She has had enough. I'm. 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 Can see what it does to people. It's. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, and that is just about going to do it for us this week for yeah. another fantastic episode of Geek Down. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, everyone. And uh, we will see you back here again next week. Yeah, fingers crossed. We're, we're good, right? Yeah. We're not, we're not mad at each other? No. All right. Why would we be mad at each other? I don't know. There's so many things that you like that I'm just like, I don't understand. I don't, why does he like that? It doesn't make any sense. Fucking murder she wrote. Oh, no, no, you do not. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. <laughs>
We are the misfits. Sorry. <laughs> That's, that's the tag. I can't delete this now because I need this for the tag. Because people really enjoyed your singing last night. Did they? They did. I didn't hear anything about it. Um. <laughs>